0: Surprising no one, Julio Rodriguez is in the Home Run Derby. And last night in the Bronx, the Mariners held their own Home Run Derby. Plus, a report has linked the Mariners and Cardinals as potential trade partners. What could it mean? All that and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners Podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, June 23rd, 2023. This is Setting Gazzalos and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mirrors podcast brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB, and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast <coughs> platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. And on the show today, our thoughts on the Mariners' 10-2 to win over the Yankees and some news about All-Star Week, including the big news about Julio Rodriguez. Uh, but first, Colby chill season approaching maybe (laughs) potentially john morosi last night tweeted the mariners have young pitchers the cardinals have young hitters sources say they have had dialogue about trade concepts at various points in the last year and to be clear the talks have not progressed but the fit is obvious so let's stay tuned this to me colby is a giant nothing burger yep but But we should say that this past offseason, John Morosi said something very similar about Teoscar Hernandez and the Mariners. And then it happened like three days later. He said, you know, they haven't talked about it, but it makes a lot of sense. And then there you go. It happened. We should also mention that John Morosi was at the Mariners Yankees game last night. Maybe he talked to someone. Maybe someone let something slip. Who knows? But. At face value, this is a nothing burger. That tweet tells us quite literally nothing, but maybe gives us a hint as to what may be on the horizon. And Colby, we have heard in the past that the Mariners have liked Paul DeYoung, Mm Cardinal shortstop. So he's not necessarily a young hitter, as Morosi described. But uh, what do you think about the fit between these two teams? Who do you think he might be talking about here?
1: Well, first of all, this counts as a trade a day, so like it. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, to me, the the tweet is like like textbook like how to say something that'll get clicks, but will not in any way be held against you because it's so vague. Um, sure. The Mariners have talked to every single team about trade concepts over the last year, at various points. Like it's it's such a like just say hey, you know what might make some sense? Seattle, St. Louis. There's some connection there. Boom, same thing. Um, here's how what I imagine it is uh, I imagine the Mariners are or went to the Cardinals and said, Let's talk about Lars Newbar. Newbar makes a lot of sense for Seattle, he's a good fit for the ballpark. He can play multiple spots in the outfield, makes a ton of sense, and he's controllable, which we know Jerry likes. The uh, the Cardinals said, Okay, let's talk about Logan Gilbert and George Kirby, and the Mariners said, LOL, goodbye. Because Lars Neupar isn't worth either of those guys. Uh, then the Mariners were like, how about Bryce Miller? And then the Cardinals came back and were like, how about Alec Burleson? And the Mariners went, LOL, goodbye. Like like they should, because Burleson is not a, not a guy that the Mariners should have a lot of interest in. Not for Major League Ready pitching. So while the Mariners have some young pitching, they don't have an excess of it. Um, and that makes this a difficult kind of trade because the Mariners aren't going to be interested in Alec Burleson. They're not going to be interested in Dylan Carlson. Those guys have not hit at the major league level with any consistency. They're not going to be interested in those guys. They're going to want Lars Nootbaar. That is the guy that they want. They're going to want Nolan Gorman. They're going to want Jordan Walker, I guess. And the Cardinals probably rightfully so would say, then give us George Kirby. Give us Logan Gilbert. Give us Bryce Miller. The Mariners can't really do that. They can't afford to do that in season. Maybe this winter they could look at that, but even then you're giving up control years of quality starting pitching for a bat, which may or may not be a fit. So I think that the Cardinals are like, do you want Alec Burleson? Do you want Dylan Carlson? Do you want uh, Paul DeYoung? Who we know the Mariners do have some interest in um, because that's the type of guy they're going to be willing to trade. And they're probably still asking for Brian Wu for all three of those guys. Is Brian Wu worth, you know, any of those three bats? No, no. Brian Wu is worth more than that. So, yeah, I don't I don't see the fit, to be honest. Um, you can get creative, obviously, Jerry, very known for being creative. And and there's three team deals and, and stuff like that. But I don't really see a fit unless we're talking about Emerson Hancock. Um, and I just don't know what kind of bat Emerson Hancock is going to get you at this stage of his development. So
0: unless the yeah. Cardinals just really like Emerson Hancock
1: which I guess is possible, but then are you going to like, it's probably Hancock for Burleson is probably like mm. the deal that makes the most sense. But is like a DH only. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't really see a great fit here, at least in terms of young pitcher for young hitter swap, unless the Cardinals are in fact willing to talk Jordan Walker or Lars not
0: Yeah. The whole notion that the Mariners should trade from their current rotation to me is silly because yeah. Relying a lot on on Marco being able to get back and stay healthy. That's um, can be good. Kind of ignoring the 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 issue. I mean, like you will be able to address this in in the winter, but kind of ignoring the issue that is Robbie Ray and whenever he'll get back. Um, and you're pretty much tapped out on these middle of the rotation prospects yeah. right now. Uh, depending on how you feel about Emerson Hancock, but Hancock to you, Colby is like a number four. It's you know, stone. I. I I think that he's maybe a number three, but probably a number four. I don't see it. um, But other than that, you know, Walter Ford, um, you know, Michael Morales, you know, any of those guys that might have that ceiling to be a middle of the rotation guy, they're far away.
1: Right. And the Cardinals are a team like the Mariners who don't want to rebuild, they want to reload for next year. So they're probably going to prioritize if they're giving away a young major league hitter, they're going to want a young major league pitcher because that's what's fair and that's what helps the Cardinals most in 2024. The Mariners are still fringy, vaguely in it for 2023. Um, I mean, I, I guess you'd say solidly. I think they actually picked up a game on a couple. They washed with pretty much every team in front of them, despite losing two or three to the Yankees. So they're still in it. So they're looking for 2023 impact. Yeah, And if they're trading you know, guys who are going to impact beyond 2023, which all their young pitchers are. It's just, it's just not a, a clean fit. Like Morosi thinks it is unless, you know, again, like could the Mariners trade like Bryce Miller and I mean, like Bryce Miller and Emerson Hancock, or maybe like Tom, or Mur- I don't know. Right. Just whatever. Can they get like Jordan Montgomery and Lars newtbar you know, like, so that way you at least have a starter to go into your rotations for the rest of this year. Um, trading pitching, like quality major league pitching, which you have right now in season, is very difficult if you're a contender. You can do it in the winter because you can just go out and resign. You can go out and sign somebody um, and you, you have time to go, you know, fix your rotation if you trade from that strength. You can't really do that because, like, I, I think the guy like here that they're most likely to trade would probably be Brian Wu or Bryce Miller. Right, they're not gonna trade Kirby or Gilbert, not this, not this summer, unless they get good pitching back. So, like, how how do you go get somebody who's better than Bryce Miller right now? How expensive is that going to be? Right. Very expensive.
0: Yeah, I think the the best option here, if you had to pick out of anyone in the rotation it would be brian Wu because you are going to have to shut him down at least as far as pitching out of the Mm -hmm. rotation goes maybe you can still pitch out of the bullpen late in the season but yeah he's the again this is you know (laughs) this isn't saying much but he's the most expendable of those guys to me just because again he's not going to be able to impact your team out of the rotation in september and october or definitely october at least so if the Cardinals are interested in like Brian Wu as the headliner and then some, you know, lottery tickets or, or maybe, you know, a Lazaro Montes type of dude or something like that for Lars Newbar, then, then fine. But the thing that we also have to keep in mind here, and this is what we talked about when we talked about like Paul Goldschmidt during that fan fiction Friday, a couple weeks ago is that the Cardinals are run a lot like the Mariners or rather the, the Mariners are run a lot like the Cardinals because the Cardinals have been doing it for a longer time than they have. Um, But they're going to want, especially considering the the position that they're currently in where they can't really afford to sell off all their pieces and just say rebuild. They need to at least see this out for one more year or at least another half a season next year. They're going to want major league pieces back. So I don't know if Brian Wu and Lazaro Montez and a lottery ticket or two is actually going to be enough for the Cardinals. I think they might want, you know, Wu and a, and another major league piece or a piece that's close to the majors and you know, maybe you can get a reliever out of them. Maybe you can get Jordan Montgomery for half a year, depending on what else you're throwing in. But I just, yeah. I don't think that there's a perfect solution here. Uh, but if they're talking, then that means that they they might have some shape of what they want to do here. Uh, that that makes sense. And uh, like you know, like Colby said, Jerry is very creative. So mm-hmm. you know, we might think that we know what's up, but he always finds a way to surprise us in the end.
1: Yeah, it's just, you know, I could see them maybe doing like Emerson Hancock for Paul DeYoung, who's got a couple years of club control left with with options, and he's been okay this year. Um, he could play short, he could play third, he could play second. I don't see guys like uh, Brendan Donovan actually being available, maybe mm-hmm. Tommy Edmond, but he's only got a few maybe. years left of club control. Like, yeah. So I just don't see it. I, I, I see what Morosi is like speculating. Yes, the Mariners do have young pitching. Yes, the the Cardinals do have, you know, young bats, but the value still has to line up. And I just don't see it, particularly if the Mariners are trying to make something out of 2023. I think what's more likely is that they would say Paul DeYoung, um, Alec Burleson, Burleson, whatever it is, like mm. I think those are the guys the Cardinals would want to move. And I think they're probably still asking for like Brian Wu, and that is an absolutely no go uh for the Mariners. So Something yeah. to keep an eye on, but it is not as clean of a fit as Morosi wants it to be. Um, unless one of these teams is greatly valuing somebody a lot more than, than Ty and I are.
0: Yeah, I mean, the other maybe here is Tyler O'Neill, who's been on the 60-day IL with back he's been, a back thing. He's been cleared to play catch as of last week, but he's still quite a ways off. I just, I don't know if that's if you can get him for a bucket of
1: baseballs, fine, but like you have
0: enough strikeout problems right now. Yeah. Yeah. And O'Neill
1: is aside from the one year has been a three true outcome guy essentially. So I just don't see a fit there as much as I would love it.
0: Yeah. I don't either. Um, I just, again, I don't, I don't agree with the notion that the mayor should trade from their rotation, uh, to get a bat. I just, no, because I, that gives you a much, you know, that gives you another problem and a much more expensive problem to address.
1: Right. Hypothetically, I know i got to run here, but hypothetically, yeah. if you have, like, if Lars Newbar is a 120 WRC plus guy, but he's going to cost you Bryce Miller because Newbar has what four years of club control or something like that, wouldn't it just mm-hmm. make more sense to go trade Michael Morales for a 120 WRC plus guy who has a year and a half left? Like, why pay extra for the club control years when you're trying to impact this year and next year more than anything? It's just cheaper to go get a shorter-term option who can put up similar-ish numbers to the long-term guy, and you get to keep your rotation, which is your strength. So I don't see it.
0: Yeah, if you're going to trade from your rotation, it makes more sense to do it in the offseason when you have more options available to you to to address it and to supplement it. Um, We'll see, though. We'll, we'll see what comes of this, if anything. But again, you know, got to pay attention to Morosi. maybe saying something like this because a very similar thing happened with the Teo situation. So yep, keep an eye on it for sure. All right. Well, Colby, as we all know, one game means everything. And the Mariners, clearly after last night, they don't even need to add any offense because they scored 10 runs at Yankee Stadium, which is something they were not able to do even close to that over the first two games of that series. But that's not the point here. We're going to talk about last night's game. And Brian Wu, who pitched and pitched very well in last night's game in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Marriage Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to Fanduel.com slash locked on to join today. From which team goes home happy to the result of the very first pitch, you can bet on everything with Fanduel. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join Fanduel today. Just go to Fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Mariners and Orioles getting underway tonight at Camden Yards. You can catch all the action on the Mariners' Hometown broadcast with Sirius XM via the SXM app. Uh, Real quick, before we hop into the Yankees series or the final game of the Yankees series, Colby, uh, how many home runs is Adam Frazier heading in the series? Be real with me. One. I'm putting the over uh, the over under at, at one and a half. I'll bet hard under. All right, all right. I mean, former Mariners, they've been honing the the M's a little bit this year. I just really just Jake Bowers. Frazier has been, you know, hitting quite a few home runs, which is weird for him. But uh, so uh, we got Colton Wong. Right. Let's talk about Colton Wong. Power you hitting a, Colton Wong. Yeah, he had a multi-hit night last Did night. He? The Mariners. Did he? Yeah, he, mm. he, he? he did. Uh, mm. The Mariners had four home runs. Ty France, Cal Raleigh, Teoscar Hernandez, and of course, Colton. Ah, Raleigh. there we go. And again, because, you know, one game matters mm. so much. It says everything that you need to know. Uh, Colton Long is officially back. He should be the everyday second baseman. Yep. clearly. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> At the very least, he should be the everyday DH. <laughs> sure uh so let's let's talk about this offense from last night um i'm
1: only halfway joking
0: i i tweeted this last night that honestly um that game just made me more irritated about the first two games because it's like i have a hard time buying that the outlier here was the first two games rather than the third game because we've seen more of the first two games than we've seen of the third game out of this marriage team same old mariners tie right Dan gonzalez right yeah just never
1: happy the mariners score 10 runs and it made me mad like yep totally a healthy totally because they didn't do it the way that i wanted uh yeah right totally a healthy you know feeling yeah team scored 10 and they won but i'm mad about
0: it yep totally reasonable um i just wish that they scored more than you know three in the first two nights but
1: talking, they scored 13 in a three-run series that's pretty good they they did outscore <laughs> the yankees
0: by four in the series yeah by the I'm, way. Just, uh, I'm just saying i'm just saying
1: um but yeah so yeah uh kind of the the good news about last night is that uh cal raleigh had a great game as well mm-hmm. uh he had uh three hard hit balls uh obviously the home run which a Yankee Stadium home run, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he absolutely crushed that ball. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was that was good to see. He had two hits. Um, you know, A. Eugenio had two hits. He also walked twice. Um, so that was fun to see. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, who had just a, a really poor first couple games of the series, he comes back out, goes three for four. Hits the big home run, absolutely crushes it to right center field. That's a really good sign um, for Teoscar Hernandez, who we've already known is kind of coming out of this. And you could still, you know, be busting out of a slump and, and go have an O for 8 run. Like that, you could still do both, right, mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, even Julio, just again, one for five, but a couple hard hit balls. Um, just pretty much everybody up and down the lineup contributed with the exception of Jared Kalnick, who had another rough game. His OPS is officially dipped below 800 and, and uh, yeah, the Mariners are going to have to uh, consider moving him down in the lineup six, seven, or they're going to have to uh, find a way to get him off his feet a little bit more, allow him the time to kind of make these adjustments, not on the fly. Uh, you know, you're not benching him, but like, does he have to play seven days a week? Can you find a way to make him play five? That would be ideal. Um, while he tries to work through this thing, but overall, you know, it was a really good night for the offense. Um, uh, the, every starter had either a hit or an RBI. Um, and yeah, uh, every starter with the exception of Jared Kelnick had at least one hard hit ball. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a good night offensively. Uh, But obviously you have to like what you're seeing from Tao, who, by the way, very, very quietly is getting right back to where he was last year in terms of slash line. Um, So, yeah, it's a good sign, obviously. Herman coming off of a really bad start. He was awful again last night, and we saw him in Seattle. Seattle was put up four, I think, against him. So not the most difficult pitcher in the world, but it's it's pretty good stuff. And and last night they just never gave him a chance to – you know, get solid footing. So overall, it's a very good night for the offense. You hope it continues, but it, it felt a lot more like the since June 6th team mm-hmm. uh, than the since June 20th team. So sure. uh, yeah. yeah, it was good to see it. And now good, because you're going to have to score runs in Baltimore early like they did in this game, because that bullpen is tough. That rotation, not so much, not so much. So score early. Don't try and don't try and, you know, like score runs off of Cano and uh, yeah. and Tate. Um, is Tate healthy? I think he's still healthy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, score early and uh, try and win these games. But last night was a really good, uh, I don't know if it was a good sign because obviously we have to see how they perform today and tomorrow, but it was a good feeling at the very least to just whoop up on somebody and, and see the offense really explode.
0: Teo right now up to 254, 299, 443. Last year, he was 267, 316, 491. So like you mentioned, he's making that climb back up to where he was last year. 107 WRC plus now. Teo Oscar and is through 73 games uh, with the Mariners. So let's talk about Brian Wu, um, who we mm-hmm. talked about a little bit there in the first segment as a potential trade chip But Colby, since his you know really rough Major League debut in Texas, he's been really strong and Came through with a, a really nice performance uh at Yankee Stadium, making his you know, Yankee Stadium debut. Uh that's obviously a, a scenario that uh, you know, a lot of young guys can get get the nerves and and it all kind of falls apart. Uh Wu was great though. Uh five and a third innings pitch, just two hits allowed. He took a no hitter into the sixth inning, uh, three walks, which isn't great. Uh five strikeouts, uh, just three hard hit balls, though on the entire night for Wu. So um, what did you see out of Wu last night? Uh,
1: Fastballs for days. Um, It was a lot of fastballs. Now he mixes in the two-seamer and the four-seamer. So yes, those are different pitches, but they are still fastballs. Um, Over his last three outings uh, since the blow-up against Texas, uh, 15 and two-thirds innings pitched, 21 strikeouts, just four walks, and three of those came yesterday. Uh 2 three, zero, ERA 385-FIP. Opponents hitting 161, 217, 39 against him. Uh Brian Wu, his last three times out, has pitched like a legitimate number two starter. Uh minus getting deep into games, but that's a little more about you know protecting him. And and uh so yeah, Wu's been very good. He's been more than you could ev- ever hope for filling in for Marco and it is a little bit unfortunate that he is uh he just set a new career high for innings pitched. So uh yeah. he's he's only got, you know, a handful of starts left before they're going to have to make a decision on sending him down or putting him in the bullpen. But uh, last night was was fun to watch. It was like I said, it was 74 fastballs out of 93 pitches. 44 seamers, uh 34 uh sinkers or two seamers mm-hmm. uh and just like you said, no hard hit contact whatsoever. Um 38% whiff rate on the four-seamer, that's pretty good. That For a, for a four-seam fastball, that is a very good rate. Um, and the two-seamer just continued to induce a lot of weak contact. Uh, it was a ton of strikes for Brian Wu. He just total command, and it certainly helped that the Mariners put four up in the first and then added two more each in the next few innings. Uh, it just really allowed him to be super aggressive with the fastball. Um and just, you know, try and get some quick outs. And and it was, what's interesting is Wu's spin rates last night were actually down, and his velocity was down a little bit. Nothing to be concerned about, but we've seen him have, you know, better stuff, I guess, but he just really had good command of the fastball and, and sinker. And like I said, again, eight whiffs on 21 swings against the four-seamer, that is a very good rate. And we talked about this, what, after his last start, Brian Wu's fastball right now is probably better than Bryce Miller's, or at least as good mm just because of the deception uh, that he's throwing it with right now. And because he has better command of it than Miller does. So we was fantastic. And, and, you know, it's great to see. And it, it is a little bit of a bummer that there's just no conceivable way that he's going to finish the year in the Mariners rotation. Yeah. Uh, but it should be, you know, obviously very exciting for the future. And, you know, the Mariners have turned a six round pick who only threw like a hundred innings total in college and and everybody pegged as a reliever. It looks like they may have turned him into a legitimate mid rotation starter.
0: Yeah, he looks pretty special right now. And uh, you know, on top of the success of, of Bryce Miller, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, this this Mariners pitching development staff continues to impress and to set the standard, really, in Major League Baseball right now. So hopefully the Mariners are able to ride this wave of momentum into a really tough series with the Baltimore Orioles, who are a fantastic team, one of my favorite teams to watch this year. Uh, you can catch all the action on the Mariners' Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. And you're listening to the Locked On Marist Podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Uh, so this morning, Julio Rodriguez became the first Major League player to commit to the 2023 Home Run Derby. I wow, what a surprise. What a surprise. Julio is going to participate in the Derby in Seattle. Whoa, didn't see that Let coming. Let me show you my surprised face yeah that's like seeing mario get revealed for smash brothers and being like what <laughs> yeah no uh, way what no way uh so so yeah julio's in the derby last year as we all know he got robbed by a terrible terrible home run derby system hopefully that doesn't happen again because he put on the the best show in la Um uh, home runs yeah he was better than juan soto juan soto hit drive <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. After Julio had to go and hit first because he yeah. didn't know how many home runs he needed. So Julio at that point had already banked more home runs than Juan Soto would hit in the entire derby. Yeah. So yeah, we all know who really won the home run derby last year and it really propelled Julio to kind of superstardom and mm-hmm. in a way clinched the American league rookie of the year race. Cause I know it was unanimous, wasn't it? it or It was close to, but uh the uh
0: the blue jays writer voted for adley
1: all right so almost near unanimous and and, Mm -hmm. but honestly again that race was a lot closer in terms of just stats adley had a legitimate case to win rookie of the year even despite how great julio was but that derby just kind of sealed it like Mm -hmm. he put on the show he was the talk of baseball for a few weeks um and and the derby really kind of like solidified him as like a future well, star. And, the, and the
0: Mariners were the story of baseball going into that weekend. Right. They had won 14 in a row. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. So, so Julio just put an exclamation point on that. And then of course we get the little interaction between him and Liam Hendricks during the all-star game and it, sure. and all yeah. that just continued to build, you know, uh, Julio's, you know, stardom in general. So yeah. So this is, right. this is not a surprise. We all saw this coming. It, we'll see if he makes it on the all-star team. I would assume yes, he, he's going to make the all-star team um when, As do when do we find that when do we find
1: uh usually it's not until like a week before uh starters i think get announced in a week and then like a week after that the it's usually the sunday before the all-star or not the sunday before the all-star game but the sunday before the final week leading up to the all-star game is when they announce reserves and then obviously you know replacements will trickle in and stuff like that and it's just hard to imagine with how many people get selected that they're not going to find a way to put julio on, on an all-star team in seattle it just
0: come on so we also today got word of who's going to be participating in the all-star celebrity softball game which to is obviously fair, something fast we, mm-hmm.
1: mlb has said that that is the first wave ah, i don't know what that means the first surprises wave. or if that just means
0: like this is who's been invited and said they're coming, but I I don't know. We'll see. All right. So we'll, we'll hold judgment a little bit because obviously this, because obviously this is something that we care a lot about here on the lockdown marriage podcast. This is all we care about at this point. Uh, So, you know, we've got some good inclusions here, you know, Felix, obviously Brett Boone, Mike Cameron, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then some Seattle ties with like Joel McHale and Zach Levine. Mm
1: -hmm. You guys don't know who Joel McHale is. He's Jeffrey from community
0: so outside of that though there's there's some questionable choices here just, the, the it doesn't f- feel very seattle to me which I, i'm sure complaint. i'm sure is the theme with all of these i'm sure yeah, like I'm the sure colorado one been. wasn't super colorado themed sure, either Sure,
1: but seattle gives more to the world than colorado let's just be honest <laughs> all
0: right I mean, let's just right. call it what it is like. Colorado's out here catching strays.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, of course, Seattle dominates Denver. We all know this. Like, it's oh, been that's, proven that true. repeatedly. That true. And if the Sonics were Don't still around, them. they would have knocked the Nuggets out of the conference finals. So um, you got lucky. Denver is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, no, it just doesn't feel very Seattle to me. Like, like Joel McHale. Okay. Yes, Seattle. And obviously there there's a couple of Seattle connections. Sure. But it's like, mm-hmm. does JoJo Seawall really need to play instead of, like,
0: Bill Nye? You know, Don- like... Where- like, what, why is Donovan Mitchell here?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but-
0: or The Miz. Like, why is right. The Miz here? You're trying to
1: get people to watch, right? So you do want some people with national poll. But... Sure. <clears throat> I don't think people who... <clears throat> sorry. I don't think people who would watch the Celebrity All-Star game are actually watching for... Like, like they're going to watch whoever's playing in it. Right. Like that's just, you're not attracting new people. Cause like, Oh, I want to see the Miz play. No, <laughs> nobody nobody on earth is saying that people who are going to watch a celebrity softball game are going to watch it either way. Like regardless of who's playing in it. So yeah, no, I, I just, where's Bill Nye? Where is like, right. just think of all the great artists. Like where, where's Duff McKagan? Like wh- wh- what are we doing? Like, where are these guys? or where's Kenny Mays
0: like where where's Gary Payton yeah like,
1: like what what he where are these where's Kelsey Plum like where's where like a single Seahawk player yeah where's DK Metcalf yeah glad Russell's not coming but uh yet
0: Ugh. uh he
1: wouldn't risk getting booed but uh no he wouldn't he wouldn't no, no. but yeah I, I just to where's me, Gino was, like like get Gino yeah G- absolutely Gino yeah, like, yeah, Tyler yeah. Lockett like to yeah. me there is a severe lack of Seattle connections on the squad. I want at least like half of the yeah. of the all star of the all star celebrity softball game to be like obvious Seattle ties, and it just feels like there's like six of like the twenty.
0: Like that's not enough. So it gets really weird though. This list when you look at the other MLB all stars on here, like Ryan Howard. Why is Ryan Howard? Yeah, that here? one
1: that one stuck out to me. I'm like, really? why is
0: Ryan Howard here? I like don't cool I, I don't have anything against ryan howard
1: i like he, ryan howard you know, he's like my fourth favorite character on the office but like right eh. And remember right. ryan howard is actually on the office yeah no he is yeah. Yeah yeah, so, yeah 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 adam jones is hilarious to me i i love that honestly so
0: yeah so we we have to talk about that so adam jones is here well we're out of time so make it fast and and in the futures game coaching for one of the futures game teams yeah. jeremy reed Former failed Mariners top prospect I just, with like the the, I mean David Ortiz you know but Adam Jones is up there in terms of like greatest players the Mariners have traded away for sure sure yeah like
1: mm. I like Adam Jones though so like, I do like Adam I'm, Jones I'm, so I'm, don't I'm get me wrong
0: but this feels like a conscious decision someone <laughs> made to hurt me personally it's like where is Eric Bedard bullpen coach I need it yeah like dude let's get cliff lee in here sean figgins let's get sean figgins let's get milton bradley
1: like, Oh, good lord no that's not but carlos
0: silva maybe take that one back but yeah. carl everett no also no no but yeah
1: we'll we'll yeah. see but like again that they said it. first wave so i'm hoping that there's like some late additions but like i just yeah. I wanted more Seattle like connection in this because to me, that's what it's for. It's for the fans. You're like, cause you're not pulling in an extra 5 million people watching the celebrity softball game. No, no, no. It's, it's
0: for the people who are they in the They don't even show it. They don't it even it show is. it live. It's pre recorded.
1: Yeah. So like, just call it what it is. Like just show it's for the fans. Mm. So let the fans get hype. Let Dan Wilson play. Let, you know, like, and yeah. again, I get you want some major celebrity draws. Jojo Seawall does not need to play in this game
0: like, <laughs> real quick. Nobody's watching. Is- Real quick, who do we think is throwing out the first pitch at the All-Star game? Of the All-Star game? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say Cal Ripken.
1: Ooh, that'd be a great one. Yeah, because of the last All-Star. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah good call. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, Ripken would be really good. I feel like he's someone at Seattle Connection, though. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I was just thinking, if, if you're going to do someone who's not connected to Seattle... But has one of right. the greatest baseball All-star, moments yeah, in Seattle sure. history. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. Cal that'd be great. I'd I'd really like that. Yeah. Um, I'd also say Ichiro because he's yeah. such like a global brand, but he's also obviously representative of the Mariners. That, so that's I who I think Ichiro, it will be. If yeah. if it's
0: if it's someone tied to the Mariners, then Seattle to
1: be Ichiro. The last time I was here, Ichiro yeah. played that game, win VP. Yeah. yeah, like I is probably my favorite, but I do like the Cal Riffing call. I think that would be really cool.
0: All right, well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's cpat one. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the Orioles on the Mariners hometown broadcast tonight. Sirius XM via the SXM app have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend and we'll see you next time peace